Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Well, like Pastor Stephen mentioned um, earlier, my name is Stephen Hill, if we haven't had the pleasure of meeting. And um, I serve here on staff as the creative director. And so to give you a little of insight of what that means, um, I basically oversee three main areas. And so we have social media, we have creative, so that's photography, video, social media, all that great stuff. Uh, We have AV and production. You can see people back there with their headsets on and they're making sure that everything is going off without a hitch. Um, And then we have the worship team, last but not least, and you just got to spend a lot of good time, quality time with them. And so um, that is a little bit of what I get to do and the teams that I get to do it with. And um, I tell you what, I am super thankful for these guys. They, They work hard. They come up here on Thursdays and they get everything set up like this doesn't just happen. There is a whole team of people that is working to make sure that we can do this every week. And so can we show them a little honor today and give them a hand clap? And speaking of honor, um, I do want to honor our pastors, Pastor Stephen and Katie. Man, the truth is, is I would not be here without them. They have invested into me. They have poured into me in almost every every arena of life. And so I'm super thankful for them, their, their mentorship, the way that they love. And I feel like they have built this church to, to do that for exactly everyone who walks through these doors. Their heart is to see people be right exactly where God wants them to be to align them with purpose, to align them with vision, and to see them flourish. And so let's give them some honor this morning as well. So uh, this past week was pretty exciting for me. Um, I got to go on a road trip with Pastor Stephen and Devin. It was a five-hour road trip down to Memphis for a conference. And I know what you're probably thinking, like, what in the world is it like to be in a car with Pastor Stephen for five hours. I can tell you what, there was a lot of talking that we did. Come on. We talked about life. We talked about family. Um, He knows a a few good eating spots. And so we did a lot of good eating as well. Um, Ultimately, I had a great time and it was a blessing to get to go. Um, But there was a couple of things that I ain't gonna lie to you guys. It kind of caught me off guard. Um, number one is I can remember uh, one, one of the days we were there, like the night before, I kind of set my clothes out because I was like, you know what, I'm going to be prepared. I'm not going to make nobody late. I'm going to be ready to go in the morning time. And so I get up the next day and I'm grabbing my clothes. Um, and as I'm grabbing them, I look over at Pastor Stephen and he is already dressed. And I'm just like, all right, he's ready to go. But then I kind of like, I look at him again. And then I look at my clothes and I'm like, why do we have the same outfit? <laughs> We literally had the same outfit. We had the same color shirt with the little pocket tee. We had on the same shade of blue jeans, and we had on some white shoes. I was like, all right, I got to change my fit. And that's what I did. I went back and changed. I'm like, we're not about to hop into this conference looking like the Wonder Twins. Like, we're, we're not doing that. We're not doing it. And so that was pretty funny. Um, the other thing that kind of happened is... We were talking about just listening to music and just different things we listened to while we were growing up. And so some kind of way, Pastor Stephen gets the aux cable. 
And I'm just like, okay, cool. And so he's, he's just kind of playing some music. Um, and he gets to the point where he starts playing some throwback R&B. And I just look over and I'm just like, what in the world is going on right now? He kept it holy. He kept it PG. Don't, don't pass any judgment. Everything was great. Um, but I was just really shocked to be like, okay, Pastor, this is what you grew up on? I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's cool. And so um, it kind of reminded me of how surprising it can be to find out like, what's in people's playlists. Um, you know, me and Devin, our, our students leader here, like we've been friends for like six or seven years. And when I first met him, um, I, I would be like, yeah, you, you're from Louisiana. We, we have some roots down there. So we probably listen to some like Louisiana rappers and we probably like hip hop. But like nowadays, like I've spent like six or seven years with this guy. So it would not be a surprise to me for me to go to his phone right now, go to his running playlist and probably see like a Taylor Swift track or something like that. And I'm just like, Dev, come on, man. Taylor Swift, you better than that, man. No, I'm just picking with you. <laughs> but um, it's just really surprising to see sometimes what can be in people's playlists. And as a Christian, we are picking our playlists. And there are things that I believe that God wants to begin uh, for us to begin to listen to, for us to begin to emulate, and for God, uh, for, for what he wants us to put into our rotation. You know, for me, I love music. I feel like it is a great communicator. Sometimes the music can communicate better than I can because it just, it kind of talks about the passion, the feeling, the emotion behind whatever the subject is. And if there's been a thought about it, there's probably a song about it. And so for you today, as you are, as you are navigating life, what are the songs that are being played for you? Like as you're driving down the road and someone cuts you off, like what, what is a song that comes to mind when you're out and about and your kids are just Man, they, they are on a sugar high. I don't know what you want to call it, but they're just super hyped that day, and you are tired and you are exhausted. What is the song that's being played in your life? When you're navigating trying to grow a new family, maybe you're going through a new season and you're trying to navigate what that looks like for you. What are the songs that are being played? You see, we all have a sound that comes from the life that we live. And so today we're, we are jumping into our brand new series called The Playlist. And over the next few weeks, we're going to dive into the sounds and the songs that we should definitely include in our playlist. And today, I get the pleasure to talk about the very first one. And so we're going to go ahead and hop into the Word. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be starting in John 4, 23. And it says, But the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So my assignment and my first thing that I think that we should include in our playlist is a heart of worship. Come on, depending on your background, depending on how you were raised, worship, that word worship may mean like a big thing or a different thing to all of us. You know, for me, I grew up in the church, but I didn't really hear a lot of hymns. And so, like, I've ran across people that's like, man, if it doesn't include a hymn in your worship set, you are not really worshiping. Like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, okay, I didn't know we were that passionate about that. But then on the other side, I've ran into some people that's like, bro, like, you have to have a moment of spontaneous in your worship set. We got to have, like, 10 minutes where we sing that bridge 30 times, and then somebody just breaks off into a random song that nobody else knows and can sing along with. The words aren't on the screen, but we got to have it. It's spontaneous. And so it's like, okay, we, we got to have that. Or maybe 
you're part of the new generation that kind of thinks like, man, if it's, if it's not Maverick City, why in the world are we singing it, <laughs> right? We have all those different things. And I mean, don't even get me started on production. Like, should we have one screen? Should we have two screens? I mean, we just left a church that literally had a screen on every corner of the stage. And I'm just like, bro, what does y'all light bill look like? This is kind of crazy. You got screens, you have lights, you have all the things that are intricate to the part of what we do. But like, are they all, are they all necessary? You see some people want harps, some people want acoustic sets, some people, like everybody wants different things. And what I'm getting at is that when it comes to worship, we all have a preference, right? Would you guys agree to say that we all have a preference when it comes to worship? But could it be that sometimes we allow our preference of worship to stop us from actually giving worship to the one who deserves it? You see, I'm coming for us today because I believe that sometimes we can allow these things to just eliminate what God is wanting to do in our life just because they didn't sing the song that we want them to sing or just because someone didn't sing it the way that we want them to sing. Worship is bigger than our preference. It's about our heart. And so let's get into it. You know, sometimes I think that we just do things because we see others do it. You see, I'm reminded of a story when I went to Belize in 2016 with uh, Be The One. And so it was my first time going on a mission trip like that. Um, And I was excited, but I was also very cautious because I'm like, I don't know what I'm really getting into here. And that's me. I'm just kind of, I'm very cautious. And so we get there and we have a couple days of ministry. Everything is great and we are just loving it. And so we have this day where we're just going to celebrate what God has done. And we're going to go out and have some fun. And so um, I'm like, okay, what are we going to be doing? They're like, we're going to get on a boat. We're going to go out in the ocean, and we are going to be swimming with stingrays and nurse sharks. And I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, what? <laughs> you want me to get in the ocean, and you want me to swim with nurse sharks and stingrays? And so if you don't know something about me, I'm going to let you know. I have a deep respect, not a fear, not a fear, but I have a deep respect for large bodies of water. And all of the living creatures that are within them, I have a very high, deep respect for that. And so I had already made up in my mind, I'm like, you know what? Everybody's going to jump out of the boat, but I'm going to stay in the boat. That's going to be my cup of tea for the day. And so we get out there and there we go. The, the tour guide or whoever is there, my man is throwing out little bait to attract the animals, right? And I'm just like, okay, you definitely got me messed up because I'm definitely not getting there now. Like, what if they mistake me for the bait and they take a chunk out of me? I'm not with that. And so um, sure enough, the nurse sharks, they're coming and they're swarming around and the stingrays are there. And one by one, people are in the boat and they're just hopping in the water like it's, like it's nothing. Just hopping in the water one by one. And they're going out there, their kids are splashing each other. Everybody is having fun. And I'm like, y'all are crazy. Like, what are y'all doing? And so I'm looking around and I'm literally like the last person in the boat outside of the person who's watching the boat. And I'm just like, man, I'm not going to let this little kid show me up. And so... I hop in the water, you guys. And if I tell you something, like, I am extremely nervous in this moment. I'm up here by the little rail of the boat, and I'm just hanging on for dear life because I'm just like, I don't want nothing to get me. And that was a funny experience, but I was just doing what I was seeing other people to do. And I feel like sometimes it could be like that in church. Sometimes people can walk through the doors of the church, and they could walk in here in an atmosphere of worship, And they see what everyone else is doing. They hear people singing. They see them raise their hands. And they're just like, what is this all about? Maybe they know. Maybe they don't know. 
for some people, they may just walk right out or they are just going to be like, you know what, I don't, I don't want nothing to do with this. But for others, sometimes they just kind of hop right in. They're like, well, I'm just going to do it because I see them do it and I don't want to be the person that looks weird. And I think the problem with that that we see is that like when we have an outward expression without having a, a heart piece or a heart connection to it, we see that people, they lack the depth and the pureness of why they do what they do. And if you've been here long enough, Pastor Stephen talks about this all the time. He says, we don't do karaoke Jesus. And I'm like, what is karaoke Jesus? Like, what, what is that? That's when we just come in and we sing along to the words on the screen, but we lack the spiritual connection to them. And what that produces is just religion and routine. And that is something that we never want to do. So what is worship and why do we do it? You see, worship is us giving ourselves back to the creator. It's our sacrifice. It's our obedience. It's our praise. It's what we give our best to. And the only person who truly deserves that is God. And so that is what we do. That is worship. And the reasons why we worship, I want to look at John 10, 10. It says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that they would have life and have it abundantly. You see, in the midst of us doing us, I think that sometimes we forget that God is the one who created us. God is the one who sustains us. God is the one who has a plan for us. He's the one who sent his son so that we would have a relationship with him. He's the one who's designed us and he's the one who has a plan for our life. And it all is for his glory. That is our why. You see, our response in the goodness and greatness of God is worship. Worship will forever be our response that we have for God because of how good he is. You see, I want to spend the remainder of our time talking about two different aspects of worship. The first is worship is an expression. You see, when we walk through the doors, every, every single one of us, when we walk through the doors and we enter the sanctuary, like we bring in everything that happened to us this past week. And the implication of that statement could be that I'm, I'm just talking about the bad things, but I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about the good. I'm talking about the bad. I'm talking about the ugly. I'm talking about everything that we face or go through in our lives. We bring that through the doors and we greet a couple people in the lobby and we say hey to a couple friends and we come grab a seat in here. And as the countdown video goes down and the music starts, like something happens in that moment. Everything that we are facing, everything that we are thinking about is fighting for a position of attention. You see, you could physically be in this room and see everything that's going on. You could see people looking and trying to praise and, and singing praises to the Lord, but mentally be somewhere totally different. You see, we have to break through the threshold of distraction to create moments of connection. I'm going to say that again. We have to break through the threshold of distraction to create moments of connections. And if we're just being real, that is something that we all face. You see, I can remember going to um, Tulsa last year to go see Maverick City. And um, man, I'll tell you what, I like Maverick City. I'm a fan. And so um, I, was, I was excited to go. And I can remember getting there and just being like saturated with it all. I'm just like, man, there goes Chandler Moore. 
man, there goes this person. And I was just having a great time because it, it was wonderful. The, the church was very, it was, it was just, it was fancy. That's what I'm going to say. It was just super fancy. Um, and so I, I get there and I'm experiencing all this and I'm saturated in it. But I just have a moment where I'm just like, when am I going to have a moment of worship? When am I going to connect with God? And so I had to step out of a zone where I was letting everything that was happening in that moment distract me to have a moment. And then even when I was in that next phase, I still had to wrestle through everything that I was thinking. Like the season of life I'm in, what, what am I going to do about this? Maybe things that happened in the past that the enemy was trying to remind me of. I had to wrestle through all of those things just to get to a realness in a moment with the Father. You see, worship is work. It requires intentionality. It requires focus. And I think that we have to commit ourselves to that process every time that we step into it. Because the other half of it is that sometimes we just don't feel like it, right? We come in and we're tired or we're just frustrated with what's going on. And so we have to make sure that the quality of our worship isn't based on our feelings or how good life is going, right? You see, there's this saying, um, super common, it says, God is good all the time and all the time. Somebody help me. Come on. I love it. You guys are awake this morning. And so in that, it reminds us that God is consistent, that God is always there and that God is good. And so we have to put into practice the action even when our feelings don't match that. Now, I want you guys to hear me out because the reality is, is we do go through dry seasons. We do have seasons that are, are very real, that we have to go to the Lord about and that we have to be real with ourselves and be like, you know what, I'm not feeling it. And so I'm not saying, us, I'm not saying for us to um, just not pay attention to what's going on within us and the hurdles that we have to navigate. But I do think that our action, putting that into play little by little, is developing something within us. It's developing a discipline to know that, like, God, you are consistent, and my praise shouldn't be determined by what I feel. So this is why we are intentional in our worship sets. Like the same process that I'm talking about where I was there, Maverick City is singing, and I'm distracted by the lights and the glitz and glamour, and then I'm also working through what's going on in my heart and going on in my soul. Like this is the same process that all of us have to navigate as we walk through these doors. That's why worship isn't five minutes long. (laughs) If we had one song here, we would all be jacked up (laughs) because none of us would be ready to accept the word. Our hearts will still be kind of navigating like what we had for dinner last week. Or you know what I mean? Like there's, there's so much that we have to wrestle through to get to the spot where we can actually worship. You see, as we going through our set, man, we want the first song to be able to capture your attention and to take you away from the distractions of everything that you're going through. We want it to smack you in the face and be like, hey, we are in an atmosphere where we can say, hey, God, less of us, more of you. Less of what I'm concerned about and more of what you actually have for my life. Less about my problems and more about the solutions that you now want to present to me. Less about my past and more about the future that you have for me. This is what God is wanting to do in these moments. And you see, as we step throughout worship, through song one, through song two, through song three, like we're hoping that you're having a God moment where he is able to connect with you. To, he's able to grab your heart and that you're able to take a step closer to him. 
Um, we often talk about biblical expressions of worship. Uh, if, you, if you're a new guest, like there's probably something that you hear that is like, why are they, why are they saying that? And in this moment, we're saying like, hey, you're going to walk through the doors. You're going to hear people sing. You're going to see people raise their hands. You're going to see people clap. And these are all biblical expressions. And we do this, number one, because we want people to know what to expect as they walk through the doors. But we also want to remind people, hey, when it comes to this, you can participate. You can be a part. You can join in. And we can all do this together. You see, David is a a great example of how to worship God. And in Psalms, he gives us countless examples of what that looks like. Uh, Psalms 34.1, it says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. Psalms 95.6, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Psalm 63.4, I will praise you as long as I lived, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. These are all biblical expressions, and this is what you will see when you walk through the doors and you begin to worship God here. You will have moments where people will kneel before the Lord in reverence and say, God, we honor you. We praise you. You will have moments after offering where people will come together and pray and say, God, we give you this week and we want you to be a part of and we want you to lead us. You will have moments where people will raise their hands in the sign of surrender. None of this stuff is stuff that we're making up. It's all biblical and it's how we show our expression of worship to the king. You see, worship isn't just for the creative and the expressive person that can, that can sing and play. Matter of fact, like I know a lot of people, I'm not going to say any names, but I know a lot of people who don't have any of those gifts, and they are some of the biggest worshipers that I know, and that's because worship is for all of us. No matter who we are, no matter our personality, we can express worship. That's the first thing. The second thing is worship is a lifestyle. You guys still with me? All right. So we're going to look at Romans 12, 1. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And so Paul is talking here and he's saying that we should give our bodies and that's our physical bodies and what we do with them to the Lord as a sacrifice. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. I mean, as long as we have breath in our lungs, as long as we are breathing, we should be giving our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy to the Father. And that is truly the way that we can worship him. You see, most people hear worship and they limit worship to just music. And again, that is the expression. And that's how, like, that's how, we can, that's how we celebrate and worship together as a church family in corporate worship. But all of life is actually an act of worship to the Lord. So that means how we live, how we steward what he gives us, how we take care of our finances, how we talk to people, how we navigate next steps in new seasons. Like this is all a form of worship and how we handle those things actually show us who we worship. You see, the deal is, whether it's intentional or not, or whether you know it or not, we are always worshiping something. We are always worshiping something with our lives. And I know that is simple, but if we're not careful, I think the enemy can sneak in and try to offer us a counterfeit to say like, hey, like, 
Why don't you give your attention to yourself? Or why don't you give your attention to this person? Or why don't you give your attention to this or that when our worship truly belongs to the Father? In Matthew 4, uh, verses 8 through 10, it says, Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms and him. Basically, he's talking about Jesus here. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give to you, he said, if you would bow down and worship me. So here is the devil trying to talk to Jesus and take the worship and the attention from the Lord to another place. And that is, that's exactly what he's trying to do to us. He's like, hey, like, if you would do this, you will receive this. If you give attention to yourself here, you'll be good financially here. If you spend all your time on this person, this is how this will work out. Like he's looking to distract us and take the attention and glory from God. He says, Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I want to give us three quick things. It says, this is how we can know what, what has our worship. All right, I'm going to give you three quick questions. What has your attention? What has your affection? And what has your abilities? And so when I say what has your attention, I'm talking about your gaze. Like what are your, what are your eyes focused on? What do you see? What entices you? What has your gaze? Number two, what has your affection? That's talking about your heart. Like at the root of your heart, what has, what has the desires of your heart? What what is at the core of your heart? Like, what do you really care about? And number three, what has your abilities? This is your action. This is your talent. This is your, this is your gifts that God has given you to steward and develop. And if anything has the best of these th three things, then that is what has your worship. Like, whatever has the best of your attention, the best of your affection, and the best of your ability, you can know that that is something that has your worship. You see, in the pursuit of us being a good steward, we can become our own idol. In the pursuit of trying to have a good life and just try to make sure that, like, you're taking care of us, we can settle, we can settle for counterfeits. And that is what the enemy is banking on. If we're not careful, we can use our life to only serve us and what we want. Our lives are custom fit for the Lord. And so what that means is that we have the ability to acknowledge him and worship him in everything that we do and everything that we touch and everything we put our hands to. It can be an act of worship to the Lord. In closing, I want to look back at John 4:23. It says, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way, for God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So Jesus is having this conversation with this woman, and they're talking about just basically the tradition of worship. Like back then, worship was, had to be at like a certain place in a certain time, but he is telling her that, listen, because I'm here now, all of that is done away with. It doesn't matter where you are. You can be at work. You could be at home. You could be here at church and worship can still happen. And that is what we want to communicate today. I've highlighted a lot of practical aspects of worship. Um, number one, because I believe that we should 100% always know our why. 
We should never do something without having a spiritual connection to it because without that, we are just doing formality. We're just doing religion. We're just doing routine. And my hope in communicating all of this is that we will be unified as a church. You know, it's such a beautiful thing when we're here and everybody is singing along together and you can just kind of feel it. It's just like a saturation of God's presence and it's pure, it's sweet. And I believe that the Lord wants to deposit more of those moments into this house. And that will happen as we are unified together worshiping him, giving him the praise he deserves, being less of us and saying, God, more of you in this place, more of you in this place. You see, he talks about that we have to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And if you think about spirit, that is something that we can't see, right? That's what's going on on the inside. And so as we express worship, like what is going on in your heart? What are you thinking? What are your emotions? That is what God cares about. He cares about what is going on in your heart. And then we talk about in truth. Do we believe what God says? Do we believe his word? Do we believe the plan that he has for us? Do we believe in his salvation? This is spirit and in truth. You see, What I wanna do is I wanna have a moment where we can put to application what we just kind of learned about. I believe information is good, but just like anything, information is just knowledge. And if we don't do nothing on it, it's just just a formality. Today, I want us to have a moment where we can step back into worship and we can dig, we can dive in and say, God, I'm gonna give you my heart. I'm going to go past the distractions. I'm gonna go past what I'm gonna be doing this upcoming week. I'm gonna go past my problems and I wanna give you my heart this morning. And I have one quick question for us as we begin to just to dive into this moment. And the question is this, does my life reflect a heart of worship? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.